Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Below the Align podcast presented by Wicked Minis. It's the new year, and if you're looking for a new splash of flavor to spice up your 2024, look no further than Wicked Minis. They're good on soups, salads, or just as a handheld snack. You can get yours today and start your New Year's off right at MoonlightMixes.com. Our guest today is Mr. Ed McLean, a man that is doing something really good, not just for racing, but really good for the veterans of this country. So I'm going to let him explain this because he knows much more about it than I do, sir. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, thank you, Samuel. I, I really do appreciate you having me on uh, on your, your podcast. Uh, I think it's really important that we get the word out on this program. Um the Warriors to Racers program has been around now for just over a year. Um, and uh, so it's uh, very new, but it's already grown uh, across the U.S. It's been, it, uh, we have members as far uh, west as Utah, uh, and then we're hitting the extremes on north and, north and south. Uh, Texas, we have, a, we have enough people in Texas. We have our, our Texas state rep. Uh, and then uh, Michigan is our other area. We have quite a few people up there as well. Uh, so just a, a pretty broad brush when it comes to membership. Um, the Warriors to Racers program came about uh, now, uh, like I said, uh, a year from last this past last uh, November. Uh, would, is it okay if I share? I've got like a... a a timeline I can I can show. Yeah, absolutely. That, that Go ahead. Sorry, my the screen with, with my timeline is up <laughs> over my right shoulder here. Hopefully, you can you can see this. Um. Yeah. The the history of Warriors Racers started off. Um, uh, couple of years ago now, uh, I was running uh, as a driver with uh, uh, a, an American endurance racing team. I, I've, I've been racing a very long time. I've got about 30 years of racing experience doing all kinds of things from autocrossing to uh, time trials to formula cars, had my pro license for a little bit, uh, and then eventually made it into endurance racing. Uh, and I really like that format. Uh, brought in a couple of guys through a program called Bet Motorsport uh, to work as crew. And it took the convincing the team uh, owner that I was uh, uh, working with, took convincing him a little bit to allow the veterans to come in. But after explaining to him that, uh, you know, what the, what the issues were, he, I, his biggest concern was was working with a disabled veteran and but when i said you know i'm a disabled veteran he's like oh you are and it's like well you know there's all kinds of different disabilities that that veterans deal with and it's not necessarily missing a limb or whatnot which is what his big concern was at the, at that time um so had reached out to bed motorsports got a couple of members to come in and um participate as crew members on the teams. The guy liked it so much that it expanded out to additional veterans. Uh, and then uh, in November of 22, uh, I was approached by another team owner 
who uh, asked me if we could set up an all veteran AER team. And I was like, sure, it sounds great. Uh, but I started putting out the feelers to see who was out there that could drive and very quickly realized that there were lots of people who wanted to do it, but not enough people had the experience to drive, drive safely, particularly at the, the AER level. So um, started reaching out to other veteran organizations to try to see if we could get that experience going. Ended up partnering with Resilience uh, Racing uh, in February of last year um, and uh, worked with them to create this initial driver and crew development program. Uh, we had our first, uh, first event uh, in April um, that year. We got a picture of it actually. Um, this was at Pit Race, uh, and there were four veterans that were participating in that, myself including included. Uh, that's the the car that we were racing that day. Uh, the three guys, uh, you can see, I'm I'm standing next to the team owner. Uh, there, the guy who's all in his gear already. He was starting that day, and then the three guys on the other side are our Warrior Eraser uh, members, um, and they, uh, those three guys were handling crew uh, for us. So they handled refueling the car and the, the fire bottle and that kind of stuff. Um, and so that was our first event um, where we actually uh, were participating. And then uh, kind of from there, it expanded out. We got more and more veterans involved, uh, managed to get uh, some folks with their first first wheel to wheel experience. Um, I, think, I think this is actually an order. Yeah, it is. So that, that's convenient. Um, uh, Sean, uh, one of our uh, Warrior Racer members, had his very first experience uh, at Summit Point. Um, I believe that was in June of last year. Uh, in that Mercedes, uh, and then um, we picked up a dedicated car. We already had a, uh, a, a Resilience Racing already had a car with hand controls for uh, folks that have a, a leg amputation, um, and then we picked up this car, and uh, you can see we're calling it Didi. Uh, when you're when you leave the military, there's a a DD, a, a Department of Defense document or DD uh, 214 that you get when you are discharged. And so we managed to get the 214 is our number. Uh, and so the car became DD. Um, and uh, so then um, Jake, uh, the guy you see there in the car, he's one of our main uh, crew members. He's He heads up. Uh, crew coordination. He ended up working with um, this, the Angry Croc team, which is the Porsche Cayman and the Golden Rotors team. Brought in his son, who's also a veteran. Uh, and But the Angry Croc team, they actually, uh, with their support, uh, took, I believe it was third in the championship uh, for, for last year. Um, Another big happening uh, was Tanya. She's the, the furthest one over to the left in the group picture. Um, she, through our efforts, 
got picked up for a, an all-female team down that operates out of Houston, Texas. And um, so she's really excited about that. That was her first wheel-to-wheel experience. And then uh, the last one I'll touch on, this, this is Andy. He had his first wheel-to-wheel experience that we made arrangements with with a, another or- veteran organization called the Follow-On Mission. And we're going to be partnering with them in the, in the future uh, to get more veterans um, access to the program. And that kind of took us to November uh, when we had our um, uh, our annual meeting, uh, just the, the wrap up. And then uh, already this year, we have had a, a lot of movement. We've started our own, our own vodcast uh, and um, we're, we're gaining a lot of traction with folks we, uh, in the motorsport uh, industry uh, as well. Um, so we, one of the biggest efforts that we're working with, and we're trying to do it in conjunction with the Washington, D.C. region SCCA, is to have a severely disabled uh, high-performance driver education program set up for Veterans Day weekend to, to be in conjunction with the Helmet Off to Heroes event, um, which uh, at uh, Summit Point uh, Raceway. Um, that's still very nascent. Don't know if that's going to be where, where it ends up. There's a possibility it could end up out in Gingerman. Um, but uh, we are we're working a lot of different angles on that. So uh, I'm kind of rambling on here. So <laughs> gets back over to you for any any questions on anything. Well, no worries. And let me first and foremost say thank you for your service and the service of everybody in that program. Because you know we talk all the time, and I talk all the time about how you know without local short tracks, you wouldn't have these big motorsports organizations. But without a country defended by people like yourself and all these great people within the program, we wouldn't have any form of motor racing and a lot of uh, a lot of how nascar got started a lot of how the sport that i cover got started uh was obviously with with moonshining and bootlegging but motorsports was such a big thing after all those boys got home from uh world war ii and one of my heroes is red byron the first nascar champion who was a vet that flew uh, the b24 bomber in the aleutian islands of alaska and uh his leg was was severely injured after he actually he took a mission for a friend of his who was on call because his wife was having a baby and red nobly stepped up and and took his mission and uh and and ended up saving lives and ended up nearly killing himself in the process comes back to the states and ends up winning the first nascar championship so veterans in racing and in nascar um have always been a big thing but but first and foremost thank you for your service because without you and and all the other countless men and women defending our country we wouldn't have any racing and uh it's even more special for me personally to see something like what you guys are doing because i've had several family members that have served um and and been deployed and 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 seen what you guys have seen and i i certainly haven't but just having that kind of that personal connection it, it makes it all the better to see a program out there like this that's you know not only doing something that i love to watch racing but is also helping people that have given more than any of us can ever imagine giving um so so first and foremost thank you for your service but i i guess um had a couple questions here um do you have a, a one thing about racing specifically that that attracted you 
to it before you started this program or, you, you know, what, what was the thought process behind racing? You know, why, why didn't you go and start, you know, a hockey program, a football program? You know, what, what was it about racing that, that really drew you into starting something like this? Well, it, it was, um, like, like I mentioned, I've, I've been doing racing now for decades. My, I grew up in a racing family. It's something that's very natural for me. Um, but one of the things, um, particularly with, with the endurance racing piece and the reason why uh, we went with endurance racing instead of the other forms of racing, I'm not trying to belittle any of these forms of racing. They're, they're all, and, and I'm sure you realize there's lots of veterans that they get out and they go into racing because they, they miss you know, the thrill or whatnot. But one of, one of the main reasons why we went with endurance racing was not so much for the racing itself per se, but because it was a team and because you have a team of drivers and you you have to rely on each other. And then you have a team of, of crew members and, and the drivers are filling in as, as, as the crew, uh, you know, if we don't have enough people, you know, we're there fueling the car, we're helping with the driver's change, we're, you know, refilling the cool suit stuff. And so that was the main reason to do it. The racing is a fantastic perk for it. And it, and it, it's very kind of like what I said earlier, it was natural to me to, to go that route uh, because of it, but it's really the team and getting that, uh, that camaraderie back together. You know, the, uh, the, the military folks, they're, they're all high speed, low drag guys and gals anyway. Um, and they're used to being in that, that kind of very action packed, uh, type of, uh, of, uh, activity, if you will. And so when you have that kind of, of reliance upon each other in the racing environment it's it really does harken back to the military service and that that was really the main reason to do it this way was so that we were building that that team again to so that the military brothers and sisters could come together again and be part of a team again which when I know a lot of folks experience it. I experienced it when I left active duty that you leave that environment and it's, it's very anticlimactic. They, they give you that D214 and you, you go, thanks. And then you kind of show, show you the door and that's it. And you, you really miss the relationship that you had with your colleagues. Uh, there's a lot of support that you get from those other military members that you don't realize you have until you have left it. Um, and so uh, that was really one of the big reasons why to try to, to make this team environment again. Well, I really like that you mentioned that team environment. You know, every every sport, you know, for the most part, is, is it a lot of sports or team sports. Racing is a team sport, but that that camaraderie is that's not something that's you know magically flows within every single group of people. And I think it takes a special group of people to not only be in a group but thrive in a group and work well in a group. And 
And when a team can work well enough in a group to win a motor race, I think that's one of the highest achievements for a team to accomplish because in racing, you know, it's, it's not like stick and ball sports. There's so many intangibles and, and, and luck obviously plays a way bigger factor in racing. than I think any other sport probably just cause you know, we're not throwing around a leather ball that's inflated with air. We're racing in a machine and machines, you know, mechanical failures, failures happen, tires blow, engines blow, uh, you know, you know, uh, drive shafts drop out, transmissions go up in smoke. So when, when a team can accomplish something like they're accomplishing, and, and I like that you mentioned the finishes that y'all had, y'all aren't out just, you know, you're not field filling, you're not starting parking, you're not just starting the car, putting it on the grid, pulling it in, getting your paycheck and leaving. You're pretty competitive, <laughs> which is pretty impressive uh, for a group like yours that hasn't been around too long. So what was it like getting this group together? You mentioned that you've, you've only been around, I believe you said around a year. Um, yeah. But how, how did you put this whole deal together? Was there a lot of paper being shuffled around, a lot of money being shuffled around? Who did you have to meet? Like, how did this program start from the ground up and turn into pretty competitive, pretty fast race cars? Well, the um, you mean just from Warriors Racers' perspective or, or uh, like AER or that kind of stuff? Uh, yeah, Warriors Racers' perspective. For this yeah, uh, Warriors Racers, um, it was uh, a lot of calls early on with the other veteran organizations, um, a lot of time spent on, on – zoom and teams calls so we could at least see each other and um uh there was actually two different organizations i think what the other one was but resilience the resilience racing foundation was the most kind of forthcoming and uh with their their support for what really was my idea to get going here uh, as far as a driver and crew development program and um so they we it was it was pretty quick really there was uh, an agreement that that i signed between them and and me uh being the warrior racer lead um it is it's been a fantastic relationship it they have given me full autonomy for the warriors to racers program they just act as advisors uh to to me to make sure that i'm not going off the rails and uh, um, so that was very, um, very easy. And then with these, all these different programs, uh, it really was um, just doing a lot of coordination between, uh, between the race team and the, um, and the drivers and making sure that they, uh, I'm sure you saw in the earlier that, the driver ladder. Uh, we try to make sure that anybody that that we advocate for is not going to go out and demolish the car for the team. They they, they have to have minimum levels of competency before we will recommend them to get into the into wheel to wheel competition. And so we had enough of those so that when these opportunities came up, these were with. These were the organizations that um, that already existed. Most of them were just plain old teams that were looking for driver-funded um, drivers to come in and and drive. And so that the unfortunate thing is, is because we are so young, uh, we don't really have any funds to speak of. 
uh, you know, the the purchase of the of of the the car, the dedicated car for Warriors to Racers, and all the parts that I just <laughs> paid for yesterday, which made my wife look at me sideways. But um, uh, that's been out of out of my pocket. Uh, the uh, so. Um, it, but I kind of expect that for any program to to get the ball rolling. You know, we're not known yet, uh, and so um, really kind of kind of expect that uh, that that the a lot of the the funds and stuff uh, is coming out of our own pockets in order to do this. Well, I got to say, I really like that driver ladder, and I think you should probably email that to a few team owners in the uh, the lower series of NASCAR. <laughs> Let, don't get me wrong. These guys have more talent in one bone than I have in the rest of my body, and they're like nine years old. That's insane. But some of these wrecks and some of these races that I watch where there are cautions about every three laps because a guy just plowed into the back bumper, and I know – NASCAR is a contact sport. It's not like some of these, you know, it's not like Formula One where you touch somebody else's wheel and they go flying 10 foot in the air. But, oh my goodness, some of these guys, I think they just, like, I think they just fall asleep and then they just, <laughs> they lose control. Because holy cow, the levels of competency sometimes, especially in the lower series, are non-existent, but uh, they're still very talented. But also, um, speaking of the second part of that, is there any way, uh, is there any... Um, is there a website, uh, PayPal, some some way that that we can donate? The general public uh, public can donate to to help fund the team because I know that'd probably be something you guys are looking for, even if it's in small monetary increments. Is there any way for us to to do that? Yeah, um, if from the uh, the Warriors to Racers Warriors to Racers dot org website, uh, there's a link to a GoFundMe page. Uh, small small donations can go through there. It actually is tied to the Resilience Racing Foundation. Um, they get 5% uh, of the funds to pay for administration. That was something that we bought. We, the members, got together for us racers, and we all agreed that that was the right thing to do. Um, and so they get 5% off the top. The rest comes straight into Warriors Racers. Uh, and none of us are paid. This is all volunteers. I have, I believe, five state reps now, um, and it's all completely volunteer. Uh, so all the funds go straight into getting uh, veterans into motorsports, either to help pay for them to get to the track to, for their crew positions or to actually pay for them to uh, get in the car or at least to diminish the the size of the amount because it's still very very expensive yeah i uh I, I was talking with the team president of nascar team earlier this year and he said you would not believe how much just one little wreck sets us back i mean just motorsports is it's got to be one of the most expensive sports out there i mean I know everybody always talks about lacrosse and hockey and whatnot um but I think it's even more admirable. It'd be admirable if you guys were paid, you know, $400,000 a year salaries. But the fact that it's a volunteer organization that you guys are doing this and helping so many people and also helping to put on these races is incredible. Uh, the last plan question I had for you, and this, this might be more on a personal level, but 
as someone that is is mainly a stock car racing fan, I might watch, you know, I'll watch the Indy 500. I'll watch a lot of short track racing and whatnot. I don't know a ton about endurance racing. I'm just upfront about that. All my knowledge about it stems from the movie Ford vs. Ferrari. But is there any race that you personally would like to go to? Any race that you would love to go to? The only, like, really crown jewel ones I know about are the Rolex 24 at Daytona, which is happening in a couple of weeks right before the 500. And uh, I know Sebring, obviously Le Mans, where NASCAR went last year, which is a really cool thing to watch. Um, are there any races that you'd like to see the team go to for endurance racing or that you personally would like to go to being a, a lifelong uh, racing fan? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we're trying to get, uh, we're a long ways from doing it, but we're, we're trying to get, these veterans to the point where they could do a WRL or IMSA uh, race. That would be, that would be, I would love to, to see one of our veterans do that. Um, as far as, as me personally, the uh, one of the uh, tracks that's on my bucket list is Sebring. Um, there's uh, if things go, go well and, and uh, our dedicated uh, warrior racer car is still together by that time. Uh, next December, uh, on the, the same weekend, uh, for the, uh, New Year's, um, there will be a champ car race at Sebring. Uh, and so that's, uh, that is on our tentative schedule to get the car down there. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the big one for this year. Uh, I have, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of tracks that are still on my bucket list that I need to get to, but the, and, and drive at, uh, but uh, that's the big one for this year. Well, hey, chase those goals. And I mean, your, your drivers, I'm sure they're fairly disciplined. You know, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I hear from some people I know the military is pretty good about discipline. I think the movies portray that pretty well. Um, but if the drivers keep that car in one piece, and I, I think they can do that while also still going pretty fast, I'd love to see you all in that race. And, and you'd have the support of an entire country behind you, which would be the cool thing. It'd be pretty hard to, to split fans' differences uh, on that one. Uh, that was the last question I had for you, but but if there's anything else uh, you want to talk about racing-wise about this program, um, you know, we, we can do that or uh, whatever direction you kind of uh, want this to head in now. Um, your call, up to you. Um, well, we, we can kind of touch on the uh, endurance racing in general. It's You, you mentioned earlier about how uh, there's a lot of trading paint and whatnot in in NASCAR and uh, you know outright wrecking wrecking folks and and whatnot uh, in endurance racing. For one thing, the the races are much longer. Uh, about the shortest race that we do is seven hours, um, and so um, you can't you can't do that. You can't trade paint. For one thing, the the in the the um, the organizations that are putting on these endurance races are, are very strict. And if you are doing that kind of thing, you will at least get black flagged, if not told to go home. Um, so, uh, and, and they, they don't hesitate to do it at all. Um, but if you're like trading paint and that kind of stuff, you see, you see it, you see it in NASCAR, you, you can cut down a tire when the fenders come down and come in contact with, tire you know when the the tires that we use we we uh, are trying to get an entire seven hour race out of that set and some of these guys managed to get uh because we, we run two days back to back in most cases it's usually uh 
a, uh, well, with, particularly in AER, it's two eight-hour races, one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And some of these teams are getting through that 16 hours on one set of tires. And um, it's it's tough to do, but they they you can do it. I, I've seen it. Uh, and so if you're running into people and that kind of stuff, it's, you, you can't do that. You, you have to really play the long game, literally, with endurance racing and take care of the car and know when to push it. Um, uh, it, at key times, you, you can't you can't try to go out and win it, win the race, even an hour into it. Um, not to mention the fact that you need to you need to hand that car off to another driver, uh, usually you know that's that's following you, and so you 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 try to make it so that that driver has a decent car to get into. There's there's been one. One time in particular, I got into a car and the guy had flat spotted the tires so bad, didn't say anything about it. Flat spotted the tires so bad, I thought there was something wrong with the car. <laughs> we we ended up pitting because because uh, I thought that I thought we had a CV joint going because it was it was that bad. But um, at any rate, uh, that's that's the big thing with uh, with these types of events. And of course, it's it's uh, the road course uh, type of a configuration. I know that. Uh, like at Watkins Glen, I've seen uh, they're going three wide in the in the runoff areas on like turn one. That's that doesn't fly either. You have to be within track limits uh, with these endurance races. So it's um, uh, a very very different uh, focus, I think, than than uh, than NASCAR. Um, not again, not belittling that at all. It's just different. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, that's, I, I guess that was where I was going with that. Well, I think you're exactly right. I think if NASCAR drivers, I, I'd love to see these sanctioning bodies just switch places and see these AER officials or see the NASCAR officials officiate an endurance race, see these NASCAR officials or, or see AER officials officiate a NASCAR race. I think every driver in the field, regardless of series, even in the cup series, every driver would be parked. They'd have to pick the winner out of a hat. And <laughs> as far like, I don't think they have track limits in NASCAR. I'm not sure there might be some obscure ones in the rule book. Maybe at Sonoma, they have them. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but if they do, they don't adhere to them. And, you know, you said you got to keep the car, um, good for seven hours you know in nascar when you know you're gonna pit you know at the most on a short track your fuel run is only going to take you about 150 160 laps in a cup car you know you know you're probably going to pit around halfway to that for tires you can just drive the car as hard as you can from lap one to 500 you mentioned kale yarborough before we got on i'm pretty sure kale yarborough was driving that car as hard as he could on the pace laps and pulling into the garage area um there, there are drivers like Kevin Harvick, David Pearson, the Silver Fox, of course, who would always, you know, you'd think he's dead in the water and then with 50 miles to go, here he comes. Uh, there are drivers, especially back in the day, because I think a big part of that is that they own the cars. They had to work on the cars themselves. They weren't, you know, million-dollar teams working on these cars for them. They were able to lay back and save their tires, save their stuff. You know, they weren't shifting so hard they're breaking their transmission, which I've seen happen a few times. It's because you guys get so aggressive on restarts and 
they miss a shift or they do something wrong there. And all of a sudden, hey, why is there oil coming out of the back of the car? Um, but I love the part about endurance racing. And I'll admit, I don't watch it a ton. But it's beautiful to me as somebody who just, like, I love NASCAR first and foremost. But I also love racing first and foremost. And to see guys just conserve their stuff and then go at it at the end, not it's it's a breath of fresh air, too, to watch guys go for the win without making contact. Like, it's great every once in a while in NASCAR, Martinsville, Bristol, a road course occasionally to see guys beat and bang for the win. But when it seems like every week some guy is making unnecessary contact, you know, it's, it just gets a little tiring, a little old, a little boring. And so to see guys race for the win completely clean no you know fist fights afterwards which i'll admit are good entertainment but no fist fights no cussing each other out over the radio just old-fashioned racing take off the boxing gloves you know and just just race and that's the part i love about racing like that and even you know when formula one has a good battle i like that too because they're not wrecking each other you know they're not going into the other driver's pit the crew chiefs aren't you know, spitting at each other, the pit crews aren't throwing hands, and it's just refreshing sometimes to see drivers take a step back and not push their car way over the limit to the point that they're junking both of them and costing both their team owners a hundred thousand dollars in damages. So that was a little tangent there. Um, longtime viewers of the channel know that when there is a race that becomes a wreck fest in NASCAR, I call them out i've had to call out a few drivers i've interviewed on the show before just because shenanigans happen and i've had a deal happen where i interviewed a guy that i'd kind of picked on the week before for over aggressive driving i didn't mention that thankfully he didn't see that show um but it happens a lot more than a lot of outside racing fans think um so it is refreshing to see guys do that and i think uh these drivers being having that military background, being disciplined, knowing that, you know, knowing strategy too is a big part of it because you know, what I've learned from having family in the military is that even minute things like a meeting, uh, you know, meetings on a normal work day are strategized and planned out to the nth degree. And they are planned out in so many different ways. And usually things go pretty flawlessly, at least when you're at the office. So, um, <laughs> having that discipline, having a plan like that is just so cool to me. And then you look at NASCAR and a, and it's during a caution and they're about to come in and pit and the driver's like, all right, crew chief, what do you want to do? Crew chief's like, I don't know. Uh, it's up to you. Driver says, I don't want to make that decision. And you look at something like, you know, something like, and especially your team probably has better levels of planning than all these other teams. And it's like, we know exactly what we're going to do, how many tires we're going to take, how much gas we need, the adjustments, what repairs we need to make we need to make any it's just it's very refreshing to see that and um i don't know going on a tangent here i do love nascar i promise i do but sometimes man the absurdity of this sport just kind of eats at you and makes you makes you yearn for something a little more um i think that's all i have to be honest in terms of uh, questions and everything uh, but thank you so much for joining the show and of course, um, thank you for your service and and um, please for me and, and the whole team here, tell that to, to everybody else too, because we wouldn't be able to do what we do. I wouldn't be able to do this podcast. I wouldn't be excited about racing starting up in a few weeks again for NASCAR without the, the men and women that defend this country and make racing uh, possible, but also just make living in this country possible. So um, thank you. Thanks to you and all the team there for doing that. And thank you also for making a program like this. It's so cool, especially someone that has personal ties to, to veterans and people still serving um, to see something like this. 
Um, when it seems like sometimes people forget about veterans, they forget about people currently stripping. I'm not saying everybody does or a majority of people do. I'm just saying sometimes you see that and it's sad for me to see. So thank you for, for all you do. And, and a big thank you to the team there for, for doing something really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would like to invite, invite you if, uh, you know, we, we do have, uh, uh, the cool thing about endurance racing is that it is, it is nationwide and, uh, one of the really cool things is in most cases, particularly in the, 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 the amateur leagues, uh, you know, AR and, and below the champ car and whatnot is it's usually free to go watch. Uh, and in a lot of cases you can get right into the paddock and go up and talk to the drivers and that kind of stuff. So really encourage everybody that go out and support, uh, you know, those teams and everything that, and, uh, uh, cause I know we get a kick out of kick out of it when people come up and, and uh, you know, ask how we're doing and everything, and and uh, so, but yeah, uh, again, I invite you out uh, to to the events. Yeah, I'd love to get uh, to get to a race. I'm not sure there's ever been an endurance race held uh, in my native home state of Arkansas. There's not really a great place for one because there's not much to look at. But you know, they could do a race around a rice field or something. It'd be really pretty if they went out to South Arkansas during harvest and got some combines and tractors and grain carts in the background. Uh, They'd have to get around all the all the farmers that are driving 20 miles an hour down the road when the speed limit's 60, just sitting there, hand out the window, looking out, seeing the field. But it'd be interesting to see if they could do an endurance race out here. Um, but I, I appreciate the invitation. And um, I, I, I guess informally invite you to an ask race. I don't have uh, permission to do that. And unfortunately, their events are not free. Um, but... Um, if you're ever able to make it out to a NASCAR race or, or even just a local short track race, you know, we have a short track here at the Batesville Motor Speedway uh, where Mark Martin cut his teeth. Um, it'd be great to have you out uh, to a race there and, and you know, kind of, I guess, trade racing disciplines and go see, um, I guess, what, what we're both kind of missing. So um, I appreciate that. And it'd be great to, to meet you and, and the whole team uh, one day. But thank you so much for joining the show. I hope everybody enjoyed this. Um, and and if you can go to their website, support them if you can, um, try to try to get to a race if you can and, and to support this uh, great organization. So, sir, thank you so much for for joining the show today. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely.